Morning, Saints. It's always good to be back in Harvest. I know, finally. It's okay. I'm going to share three stories with you this morning. I'm sure each one of us know these stories. Um, Allow the Holy Spirit just to refresh you this morning, to chew on something you might not have even thought about when you um, revise these stories that I'm going to share with you. And the first story I'm going to share with you is in Judges chapter 6. It's about Gideon. He was hiding um, in a wine press, threshing wheat. It says that he is hiding because he does not want the Midianites to find out what he's um, threshing the, the wheat because they were stealing everything from the Israelites. And while he was doing this, an angel appears before Gideon. And it says, an angel says to Gideon, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now Gideon didn't think himself as a mighty man of valor. Yet the angel tells him to take his might and to go and defeat the Midianites. And Gideon responds that he's not, he has no might. He says he's the youngest member of the, one of the smallest families in the smallest tribe of Manasseh. And in Judges 6 verse 14, it says, And Jehovah looked up upon him and said, Go in your might, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And it's very important that phrase there at the end, it says, have I not sent you? It's just a confirmation that God has given to Gideon. He didn't feel he had that, that courage or the might to do what God has asked him to do. And yet he says, have I not sent you? And when the Lord instructs each one of us or calls us to do something, we must always remember that the Lord will give us the ability or the talents and the authority to accomplish what he's asked us to do. When the Lord gives us abilities, we are free to do with them what we please and what we wish we wanted to do with them. I remember when I was younger, I was actually scared to death of speaking in front of people. I was terrified that the teacher would ask me to answer a question in class. And every time I could see the teacher looking around and saying, who am I gonna pick today? And I'm like, please don't pick me because I don't want to answer in class. I was so shy and so timid. Yet over time, I've developed my talent for speaking in front of people even like you. And it's only God that could do that. But He's really put that ability in me, even when I was born. I didn't know that until He called me into the ministry, that I was able to do what I'm doing today. And to become a minister and to share the, the gospel, I don't need any talents. I also need the authority to stand on God's word, and he has given me that. And we both have ability and authority when God asks us to do something. And you have two answers that you can give, I will or I won't. That's the choices we have when God asks us to accomplish something for him. In Philippians 4 verse 13 it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. I cannot do what I'm doing today without Christ in my life, without the Holy Spirit in my life. I promise you that. If you know my background, <laughs> I cannot do what I'm doing today. But because God's called me to do, I've followed, I've obeyed, and He's given me that ability, and He strengthens me every day. I need His strength every day. 
I can't say I need strength today. It's going to last me a couple of days or a couple of weeks or a couple of months. I need his strength every day. And so the Lord will give you the authority and ability. There's no question in his mind that he can do the thing that he's asked you. To you it may seem like an impossible task. If you look at Gideon, he probably thought this is impossible to do this. And I must be honest, when God called me, I'm like, mm, I can't do this. How am I going to share the gospel? I'm so shy, I'm so timid, how am I going to do this? But yet I obeyed, and he's developed that character and personality within me and to give me that ability to do what I'm doing today. And so Gideon thinks he's got no other talent, no ability to defeat a mighty army like the Midianites. Yet the Lord sends him on his mission with the authority of God. And the question, have I not sent you? And so the Lord has given Gideon the authority. But what about the ability? Where is the army? <laughs> Gideon raised an army of 32,000 men. And yet God says to him, you've got too much. It's too many men. He needs to reduce his army. Now, in the normal circumstances, let's be honest. If we build up an army, there's no way you want to reduce an army, especially if it's an army bigger than you. And yet the Lord says to him, reduce your army. And it's not a natural thing to do that, to reduce. You see, a large army represents strength. A large army represents security. But God said that they were too dependent on their own power if they're going to stand on the 32,000 men. And so Gideon follows the direction of the Lord and he sends 22,000 back home, leaving them with 10,000. But the Lord says, that's still too many. <laughs> Lord, are you serious? And at each point, Gideon has the ability to refuse God's command. He can say, I will follow God's command or I won't. So Gideon cuts the number down to 300. He gives those men a lamp and a trumpet. That's a weapon. Can you imagine being in Gideon's army? He calls you and you're part of the 300. And he says, here's your weapon, a lamp and a trumpet. And so what do they do? They surround the camp of the enemy. And in Judges 7 verse 20 it says, And the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow therewith. And they cried, they were shouted, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Notice the timing of this. God has cut down the army of more than, down to 300 men. Those 300 men give a shout of praise. They are shouting, they are not shouting because they have won the battle. Anyone can shout after you've won the battle. These men are shouting before the battle has even begun. And look what happens. In verse 21, it says, And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. There was confusion in the camp of the Midianites when the Israelites of 300 men started blowing the trumpet and started shouting. And so the battle was not won. When 32,000 men showed up, ready for battle, 
The battle was not won when the number was reduced to 10,000. Neither was the battle won when the final number was 300. The tide turned for the army of Gideon when they shouted the victory and praised God before the battle even began. And when the army broke their pitches and shouted to God, that is when the enemy panicked and the battle was won. Hallelujah. Imagine you being part of that 300. <laughs> I always try and put myself in the shoes of the people when you're reading the scriptures. You know, we can read the scriptures and we say, oh, well done, guys, you did, you're so faithful, you did such a great job. But I wonder what was going through their minds. 300? How are we going to do this? But yet they obeyed what God told them to do. Another story that you're all very familiar with is Jericho. Joshua taking the Israelites and they're crossing the Jordan. And now they're going to go and, and take over Jericho. And we know the walls of Jericho is so huge and so tall that nobody could get in there. But yet they are told to go march around the, the, the city wall. So the first day you can imagine the Israelites going around and saying, okay, we're going to show our strength, let, the, let them see who we are, and let's find out where maybe there's a loophole in the wall here, we can get inside and, and destroy them. So after the first day, the next day, God tells them, go around the city again. Are you serious, God? When are we going to fight? When is the battle going to start? And we know that for six days they did that. And on the seventh day they said, right, now this is a day for, probably for battle. And the Lord says, go walk around the city again. For the seventh time? No. You're going to go seven times today. Are you serious, God? Can you imagine being part of that Israelite army? Walking around a wall. Think, what is going to happen? How is this going to happen? And yet they obeyed God. And they followed the instructions of the Lord. So we see that these years are presented with, a small, with the same dilemma of like, how is this going to happen? What do you do when God asks you to do something like that? How would you answer God? I will or I won't. And the choice represented, presented to Joshua and the rest of the Israelite army was, will I do what the Lord asks or will I refuse? Sometimes when the Lord asks us, to, to do things doesn't make sense to us. Will I do what the Lord asks or will I refuse? Will we, will we refuse His call? Will we refuse if He even asks us to go and pray for somebody? Or go and share the good news to somebody? Sometimes we think God's going to ask us these big things and He can. I'm not saying He can't. <laughs> God can ask us anything. But sometimes the small things He asks us to do we have a choice. Will I be obedient to that? Will I not? Because when he asks you to do that, he's going to give you the abilities or the talents and he's going to give you the authority to do that. And a lot of times we miss the small things when God is, we walk past somebody and he says, just lay hands on that person. Pray for that person. Minister to that person. Hey, me, who am I? Remember Gideon? Who am I to lead these Israelites into battle? Joshua saying, who am I to take over from Moses, to fill Moses' shoes? Who am I? And we might ask the same question to ourselves. Who am I? God knows you. He knows the abilities and the talents you have. Because when He asks you something, He knows that you can accomplish it. But are we listening? Are we being obedient? 
And maybe we've been discouraged or angry with God. God, I've been marching around the city day after day. God, I've been praying for this nation year after year. You have not explained to me how this is going to happen or what's going to happen. Lord, you're supposed to be helping me when I'm praying. Instead of you making me waste my time. Why am I praying for this nation? Why am I doing this? Why am I praying for my neighbor? Why am I praying for my family to come to salvation? They sometimes even look like it's getting worse in their lives. And in Joshua 6 verse 20, he says, So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat. So they took the people, went, so, the, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. The people did not shout because the walls came down. The walls came down because the people shouted. Hallelujah. If you want victory in your life, over your situation, you need to give a shout of praise to God this morning. Your shout of praise is what causes God's victory to occur. Many of us say, I'll, I'll praise God the moment that He solves my problem for me. And sometimes we wait and we wonder why. And I want to encourage you this morning, because by shouting your victory today, this morning, that is faith, that is trusting God, that He's really doing it right now. The word shows us that the Lord does not bring victory first and then hope that we shout praises afterwards. He brings victory after we shout our praises to Him. And so some of you might have been waiting for the Lord to answer your prayers for a long time. Maybe you, you may have to be shouting this morning. You might have been unemployed. Your finances might be very in a difficult situation. And you might have been walking in circles like this Israelite going over that, around the city for so many times, over and over again. And you've been trying to do what the Lord has asked you, but you feel nothing is getting accomplished. You feel like you're just going in circles, and the Lord is sending you around and around without any concern for actually solving your problems. And I want to say to you this morning, the Lord is here to tell someone that the time for reducing your army is over. The time for going in circles is past. The victory is all set, but you need to shout some praise this morning. To you, everything seems as bleak as it ever has been, but the Lord has ar arranged a great victory for you. And we just looked at last weekend, we looked at Easter, and if we just go back there, what happened there, we see that Jesus, who really had a bad day, he was put on trial by the Jews, he was handed over to the Gentiles, and beaten so severely that most people would not even have survived. Then he was handed over to the Jews again, in the form of Herod, where he was ridiculed some more. Then the Gentiles humiliated him by taking all of his clothes and hanging him on a cross, specifically so that everyone could see him. Yet many of us endure the embarrassment that the devil has put on us. 
and we stop in our tracks. We don't carry on in what God has asked us to do. We refuse sometimes to go on what God has asked us to do. Imagine if Jesus refused to carry on doing what the Father has asked him to do. We would have not accomplished the victory that we've got through Jesus. And so the Lord asks us to give praise. And we have the option we always have. And we can say, I will praise or I won't. And in Matthew 27 verse 50, And crying out again with a loud voice, Jesus released his spirit. In verse 51, And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were sheared. Jesus did not shout because the earth quaked. <laughs> the earth quaked because Jesus shouted with a loud voice. It has been said, there can be no victory without the cross. But I want to tell you this morning that if you stop at the cross, you will never go on to victory. We cannot stop at the cross. Why do we stop at the cross? Some have been struggling for too long in your job, your marriage, or whatever. You feel like your struggles have been pointless. You wonder why you ever bother coming to church if there's no victory. I'm here to tell someone this morning that the Lord has prepared your victory. There is victory in the cross and in the resurrection. And I know I've been using the terms of, uh, a lot lately and I've been challenged by the Lord. I was sharing it with Ian this morning. And so we say, let's lay everything at the foot of the cross. But is it biblical? Trevor? Is there scripture? No. There's no scripture. Yet, I'm not saying what has been accomplished on the cross through Jesus is not there. It is there. That's what Jesus accomplished for us. And sometimes we say, we'll take things and put it at the foot of the cross. And a lot of times, what do you do? And I'm guilty of that as well. I take back. Well, God, you haven't done anything. You haven't said anything. You haven't brought a breakthrough for my life. Okay, let me do my own plan. Let me sort out this problem. Because you're not sorting it out. Because my terminology and my thoughts were, well, I'm putting it at the foot of the cross. But there's victory beyond the cross. And it's when Jesus rose up. And he's living today. And so many times we see in, in churches, Jesus hanging on a cross. I'm like, he's not there anymore. You know, what is interesting, when we went to Israel, we went to, um, to the garden where we, uh, they said Jesus was buried. And right on top of the, the, the tomb says, he's not here. <laughs> People want to go and see where Jesus was buried. It was great to go and see it. But, but don't focus on him being in the grave. He's a risen God. Hallelujah. He is alive. And I enjoy the theme that Ian had. He says, the road to, to Golgotha and beyond. A lot of times we, we focus so much on a cross. I'm not saying we don't focus on a cross, guys. Yeah, my heart. But we need to go past the cross. And beyond the cross. And that's where our victory lies. It's in the cross, what Jesus did on the cross for us. And beyond when Jesus rose up. And there is such power and anointing. If we start to realize what is beyond the cross. And in Philippians 3 verse 10 it says, That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. You see, there's power in His resurrection. And sometimes we miss that power because we're not moving beyond the cross. 
want to share a testimony what we've been going through lately, and that's why I got to this sermon, <laughs> because, you know, a lot of times the Lord will challenge me on things. Every year, Deirdre and I, um, especially over Easter period, we've got a, we call, we made up, Deirdre, well, actually made it up, not me, um, an Easter box. And in that Easter box, we write down our prayer requests every year. Lord, what are we expecting you this year for, for, for you to do for us? And sometimes our prayers are not being answered, and sometimes our prayers have been answered. We just look at our boys. We've been praying for them for years, and some of you know the testimony. You know, we've, after Deirdre had the operation for epilepsy, we tried for five years. And every year we wrote in that box, Lord, we're trusting you to have a, to have a child. Well, we've got children being plural. And, and five years after writing it down, we got our boys. And so every year we, we write down things, we, we check our, our list again, we scratch it off. Okay, this one's off the list, and we add new things that we, we want to pray for. And one of the things we've written down is that we always said we wanted to, to have our own house. And we know that we cannot um, afford a, any house, but we've put our trust in the Lord. And so what's happened in, in Chiguta is there's been a house being made available um, to us. But originally we wanted to, to pay off the house because that's the only way we could afford the house is to pay it off. And um, so that wasn't possible for us to do. And, and so this house has now become available where the family has said, um, you know, we've got first option, but they want money up front. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's me out of the equation. Somebody else can go for the house. But on the 18th of February, the three o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke me up. And he gave me this scripture, Psalm 37, verse 4 and 5. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's our desire to have a house and a home. And he says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. I couldn't fall asleep after that. Because I was just, you know, and we, because I was specifically just came up about the house. I was, I, the Lord said, don't give up on the house. I'm like, Lord, I can't pay this. He says, don't give up. Trust me. And at 7 o'clock that morning, I got a, a, a WhatsApp message from one of our supporters in South Africa. And she never messages me. I'm not a good communicator. Dead is a communicator. So if you want to send emails to me, you know, you get a quick response. Send it to Dedder, you'll get the response the same day. And so the message was sent to me, and here was the message, and it says, and this lady said, I've got a scripture for you, Psalm 143, verse 8. And this is what, uh, 143, verse, uh, yeah, sorry, verse 8. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for I, did, for I do trust in you. Cause me to know the way in which I need to walk. For I lift up my soul to you. And yeah, this trust came in again. She didn't know that I was up three o'clock in the morning. So it was just a confirmation for me what I got from her. So I, I just know, Lord has spoken to us. And I shared it with Deirdre and she said, you know, I've got so much peace about this house. And what I think I realized is that I was saying, okay, Lord, when you give us the house, we'll, we'll just give the shout of praise. And then he took me to these two stories and to, to what Jesus did on the cross. And I'm shouting, we've got the house. And what we've done is we've, um, somebody's approached us, um, a business person here in, 
in Arari has uh, offered us 20,000 upfront where we don't have to pay any interest back. And um, so there's a trust in South Africa that is helping us. So we've approached the trust for the balance of the money. And they're sitting tomorrow morning. They were supposed to sit um, two weeks ago, um, but they're sitting tomorrow morning. But I'm shouting, we've got the house. Yeah. Hallelujah. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. All I know is God's in control and I'm shouting. And I want to encourage you this morning. What is going through your life? What is it that you are trusting God for? That you want victory for? That you might have been struggling, you might have been walking around and around for years and you have had no breakthrough. And I want to encourage you this morning. Are you willing to shout? I encourage what Richard was saying this morning. He says, you know, in church, we need to do things different. We need to dance in church. We need to lift our hands up and praise the Lord. Why can't we shout in church? So if you're willing to shout with me, because I'm going to be shouting for, for our home. And I'm going to count to three. And you get up from your chairs and you shout your victory. So I'm going to give you a few moments just to think about what do you want to shout your victory for? What do you want to thank God for now that you haven't seen it happening? Because that's faith. By me shouting today, that's my faith that God is going to provide. I don't know how, but I know He is. Because He gave me, I'm standing on His word. What is it that you want victory for? That you're trusting God for? Because by you shouting, you are saying, God, it's going to happen. It has already happened. And receive it. In Jesus' name. So are you guys ready? So we're going to do things different. Are you going to shout with me? And see who's going to be shouting the loudest. Who's going to be praising God for the loudest, for their victory? Maybe my victory is going to be louder than yours. Who knows? Because I've got the mic. So, sorry. <laughs> right, guys, I'm going to count to three. We get up from our chairs and we're just going to shout for victory. Hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Yeah, I've got so much energy. I'm energized now. Okay, can I preach now? <laughs> Guys, have a seat. I'm going to show you just a, a song. This song ministers so much to me, but I, I have to put a warning out um, to the body and soul instructors because when I hear this song, they're going to go <laughs> starting to their actions, you know, because it's a body and soul song. It's a new one and a new routine, Kate, so um, you will probably know the words off by heart. When Deirdre played this song, it just meant so much to me when I was preparing this message. Listen to the words, and then we just can have a time of uh, ministry afterwards. Thanks, Kevin. Oh. 
It's impossible for God to fail. It's us who fail sometimes <clears throat> when we don't put our faith in Him, and our trust in Him, standing on His word. And whatever He's asked you to do, whatever He's asked you to accomplish, you can do it. Because He's going to give you the ability this, and the authority to do it. And because you shouted this morning, expect the victory. The victory is yours. In Jesus' name. And I want to pray with you this morning. And I'm sure Ian and the elders are here this morning. I want to stand in the gap with you. Some areas that you might have been struggling and say, I've never got a breakthrough in this area. I need a breakthrough. And, I, you know, God is a faithful God. And our lives are just a testimony of that. And God's got no favorites. God's not going to answer my prayers because I'm in a ministry or I'm somebody special. I'm an ordinary person, loving Jesus, trying to be obedient to Him. I make mistakes, guys. <laughs> I make a lot of mistakes. Just speak to my wife. She'll tell you. I'm not perfect. But I love the Lord. And the Lord's come through for me so many times. And I'm sure many, many of you have got testimonies of what the Lord has done for you in your life. Don't stop at the cross. There's victory beyond the cross. Do not give up on the Lord. Let's pray and we can go into time of ministry. Father, we just thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just minister to each one of us. Thank you for ministering to me, Lord, through your word. Lord, what you've shared with me and what I've been focusing on the last couple of weeks, Lord, trusting you. And to be patiently in a place, Lord, where I can just put my faith in you. And Lord, it's not always easy. Our flesh does kick in. Our circumstances does kick in. And the world system does kick in. But Lord, we know that you'll never fail us. And you've even made promises, Lord, where you said you'll never leave us or forsake us. That you'll always be with us. Lord, like never before, we need your presence. And Lord, I pray right now that people's lives will be impacted because of your presence here, your anointing. Lord, we are so desperate for your anointing. The anointing to, to remove the burdens and to destroy the yoke that is in our lives. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Your rivers of living water just flow this morning. Refresh us this morning. Touch us this morning. Lord, we are desperate. We are hungry for you. Nothing else matters but you, Lord. Lord, that's why we want to come to a service is to experience you. Without you, Lord, we can accomplish nothing. But Lord, as the scripture says, we can do all things through you that strengthen us. And Lord, so I pray that that word into every person here this morning, Lord, where they're feeling so down and so low, they're feeling so desperate, Lord, that they can stand on your word, that you will strengthen them. And Lord, whatever you've asked us to do, whatever you've called us to do, Lord, you're not going to give us something which we cannot accomplish. You know us, Lord, so well. You know our thoughts. You know our desires. You know our, our needs. It's impossible for you to fail us, Lord. If we put our trust and our faith in you. 
Help us, Lord, with our, uh, with our faith. Help us, Lord, to, to meditate on your word. It's so easy, Lord, to, to fall into a system and to a routine. Lord, we are desperate for you. And Lord, we thank you for every person, including myself, Lord, as we shouted that we've, we've received our victory. We're not going to allow the enemy to infiltrate into our minds, into our, into our lives, into our families, into our, even into our country. But Lord, we can stand on your word and resist the enemy. And he has to flee. Your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to put that invitation for anybody who needs prayer. And after we close the service, I'm going to be up front here. Um, I'll stand in the gap with you and, and pray uh, and trust the Lord for a victory in your lives. Thank you. Bless you.